Welcome to the Deli Pod with me, James Delipod. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's get special guest, but I, I, I really am kind of extra excited about, about this one. Miriam. Miriam. Normally, by the way, I, I, I um, precede the introduction with a word from our sponsor. Um, Hunter and Gather, I've, suddenly, I've, I've, been, I've been mentioning them at the beginning of every, every podcast, and I, I, what I hadn't twigged was they only wanted to sponsor me for every other podcast, so I've been giving them a bit of extra by accident because I'm so disorganised. Anyway, if anyone else wants to sponsor me as well, they can, um, because I'm, I'm obviously worth sponsoring, and this podcast has a huge reach. But anyway, Miriam Elia. I'm really Hello. excited. I met you. We met. Hi, Miriam. Hi. We met, <laughs> did we not, at we that pub that, that, pub that we go to after events at the Emmanuel yeah. Centre. Yes. And I met, you, I, I, I met you and two of your friends. It was like Tanya? my Jewish fan club, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. you, you are my Jewish fan club. You and your, your, your <laughs> what, what are your lovely friends called? I'm Tanya, but she's, I don't know if she's Jewish, and Som is actually Buddhist, um, but I do know... Oh, so, you're, you, you, so you are, you, basically you are my Jewish fan club. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked, we, so we talked about all these, all these um, weird, amazing, esoteric things, which were yes. just right up my alley, and I think actually are going to be right up the alley of, of 99.9% of the people who... who, who follow the 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 Delling yeah. pod um, right. but you are a woman of many parts because before we go on the on the really crazy shit stuff that, 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 <laughs> that, that you, you you're into I wanted to give a plug to these wonderful books that you, you. produced um, which are kind of parodies of the of the Ladybird. Nothing to do with Ladybird, but they're, they're called dung beetle books. So, so, so dung beetle is a completely different insect to Ladybird. So there's no connection. Um, but there, there was that other series, wasn't there, where, where they they bought up the rights of the Ladybird pictures and recaptured them. They basically you've gone, you've gone a, a, thought and then tried to suppress the. So the first book that I ever made was this one which was called We Go to the Gallery, which was an, an artwork. And then they just tried to destroy the artwork and then took me to court. They lost. And whilst that was happening, I couldn't publish it. But they stole the idea and gave it to two comedy writers who were a bit crap. And then they did the Is Ladybug. That that's the story. Yeah. It's, it was all over the oh, newspapers that's... at the time because everybody wanted a copy of this book. But and... because... Yeah. Did they sell? Did you mind did, you did yeah, in the end, but I had to wait a year and a half to sell them. But I illustrated them as well, so it says that there is nothing in the room. Peter is confused, Jane is confused, Mummy is happy. There is nothing in the room because God is dead, says Mummy. This is this is my favourite one. Well, I mean, I, yeah, the lockdown I've, one. I've yeah. I've got I've got we do lockdown. And um, I'll show you that the page. Well, here's 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 the page that I I, I rather like, um, <laughs> which is I'll, I'll read it. We are shopping for emergency supplies. There is no lemongrass, says Mummy. Oh dear, says John. I'm starting to understand what life was like in World War Two, says Mummy. <laughs> so, um. So yeah. they're not actual Lady Bird book pictures, or, 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 or are no, they? I, and you adapted no. them, or what? How does I, it work? I illustrate them. 
I, I paint them, so it takes me about a year to paint them. <laughs> what? So, so, so I, you I actually, you, you actually, you did a picture of of nineteen fifties style mummy, what freehand? Yeah. You did, or you didn't base it on anything? I, no, I use um. So first I do a collage, and then I do a, a gouache painting from what I've can kind of fit together of that reality. But yeah, it's a pa- it's a painting. Basically. Yeah, yeah. But it takes a so, long, long what, time. So, so you, do, <laughs> where, where do you, where do you find the find the the the, the pictures, the original pictures of the nineteen fifties? So, um, so what I did is um, I I have a, a a woman that looks like that, and I photograph her in situ with the kids, um, but in a blank space with nothing. So almost like just sort of looking at the world, which is how the original Ladybird book illustrators worked. Um, and then I put them in a new context. So during the lockdown, obviously, there was just so much to look at and so much to take in. And I had her explaining the whole thing and kind of uh, kind of well, taking the piss, really. And, um, and then I do a painting. So the, 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 the hard bit is doing the painting, but the, the first bit is just to create an idea of how they're going to document what's going on around them. And then I have to write everything as if I was talking to a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so you re- actually you are even more talented than I imagined. What, and 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 so did you recreate the the, the fashions of the of the period? You, or, yes. or was your friend wearing? Wow. No, I have to do everything. I do absolutely. I've even designed the book. I was at the Royal College of Art and I did printmaking and illustration. So, but I also had a good way. I was good at writing. So, you know, one-liners. <laughs> so so most... it all came together with my, my books, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one yeah, thing I went... would say, I was the only person in England to satirise the lockdown and create something that was available in a bookshop. And it, it, it was number five in the Times Literary Chart, so it did very, very well. Um, but I was the only person actually sort of parodying it while it was happening. And all my pro-lockdown friends... Uh, thought it was really funny, which I found really disturbing. <laughs> oh, really? What they yes. so, so they got the joke, and at the same time, they were part of the joke. They are the joke, yeah. They are the joke, <laughs> yeah. Because I because the the ones that the, the the comedy writers who got given the given the gig, which was stolen from you by yeah. the, the owners of the copyright to the Ladybird books, they're not. They're not awake, are they? They're not, they're no, not down the rabbit hole. Sleep. No, no. They're boring. Yeah, like, conventional. Like a lot of comedians, they... they, they not funny. There's only so far they'll go, and it's not very yeah. far. Not very far. <laughs> For all their apparent edginess, yeah, they don't even ask yeah, those it, basic questions, and it's like... Um, I, I, I very, very early on in the whole thing, I sort of woke up to something... And realised it was it was seriously wrong. And even if you didn't agree with, I mean, even if you you didn't go to another level of thinking about it, you could at least go, "This is so immoral. This is so cruel." You know. Yeah. And and everyone I knew was like, "Well, we have to keep Granny safe." So that's when I did the the one that I was most happy with was uh, when they imprisoned the grandma. And it says, oh, we can't, we can't see Granny for at least another three months. And the kids say, but we haven't seen her since Christmas last year. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about her anyway. <laughs> I, I was thinking that, that mm. the art schools back in the day, 
probably in the what the 50s and the 60s were sort of hotbeds of of revolution and counterculture and all these trendy kids went on into the music industry and they created all these these groovy pop yeah. art and, and and stuff yeah i i imagine that, that that ship has sailed a long time ago and that now art students are achingly conformist so yeah they're so scared of causing offense they're very um just conditioned basically uh they don't. I think one of the things I had as an upbringing was that I had a sort of counterpoint to alternative culture in that I had sort of quite a strong grounding in Orthodox Judaism, and that's one of my realizations was that's the bit like Christianity. It, it's kind of runs runs against what the mainstream is asking you to do. It's about taking kind of responsibility for your own life. <laughs> sovereign decisions yeah. and things yeah. like that 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 the other way is going no no you're free you're free you're a sexual being you're like well what is this <laughs> yeah 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 what is your freedom yeah. what is this freedom that you're talking about doesn't suit you know it's an illusion maybe but i think yeah, i always yeah. I, I always juggled somewhere between the two uh so it kind of enabled me maybe to sort of step back and understand that a bit well, so tell me, I, I, I was really interested in the Orthodox Judaism stuff, because mm. am I right in thinking that you've got, your parents are two different types of Jew? Yes, you've so my mum is an Ashkenazi, which is a sort yeah. of, well, any Jew that you ask will say we're from Israel, but ethnically they're a very uh, close group, the Ashkenaz, um, and they're from kind of Eastern Europe, so... Russia, Lithuania, Poland, around there, and they came to England around the 19th century for the Industrial Revolution and things like that, uh, and also to escape the persecution in Eastern Europe that was terrible, but I'll get round to that. And the other group of Jews is my father, who's a Mizrahim, who are Arab Jews, who basically never left the Middle East, so they are um, communities that are probably dating all the way back to Abraham and before, uh, that that were just maybe slightly mercantile, like working class that didn't pose a threat to the establishment or whoever moved in at the time. They were just kind of allowed yeah. to carry on. And his, his father was from Syria, which is, you know, northern Iraq, around there. And my, my grandmother was from Lebanon, but essentially they were like very much... Everyone was named after their grandfather for thousands of years, and they just didn't move. And then my 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 dad was like the black sheep of the family and got into art school, <laughs> and ended up over here. <laughs> I, and but, you were yeah. telling me that there is a there is a different. They they have very distinct ideological positions that the but, yeah. I didn't. I only sensed it like maybe. Five years before, when Brexit happened, I thought it was very odd, and also Trump and all this stuff, that all the Mizrahi side of my family, and literally any Mizrahi I met, any Iraqi, Iranian, Yemeni, Syrian, they're dark, they speak Arabic and Hebrew, basically. They were all pro-Trump, pro-Brexit, you know, get out of the EU. All of this, 
And any Ashkenazi was like, no, the global, <laughs> we need a global uh, this and that. And, you know, it was the worst decision ever. It was almost like, it, it was a slow realization. as like, I never met a Mizrahi that, that, and I was more like my father. Like, I, I, I voted to leave. Um, yeah. I didn't give it, I did, I'll be honest with you, I didn't give it like a huge amount of thought. It wasn't like a yeah. all-consuming decision at the time. I was just like, oh, do I have to? Okay, well, freedom. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just so, found that very interesting that there was this 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 um, split on basically on, eth- on an ethnic kind of thing. Why, why is that? You know, what what's going on? Yeah. There? <laughs> so ideologically yeah. the the ashkenazi are the when when people people down the rabbit hole talk hmm. about jewish conspiracies and stuff and how it's you know the evil evil jews running the world i think yeah. what they're really talking about is the ashkenazi strain of, of of judaism who seem to be they're the ones who pushed the the bolshevik revolution for example yeah they go they're communist the ones behind but yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, go, I was well, going to say they, cultural Marxism. They, they go, they go Marxist. Yeah, if they reject their Judaism, they tend to go the other way. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's both spiritual and political. At this point, I'm not really sure I can tell the difference. But I was really interested in communism at school, uh, not because I was a communist, but I was just really fascinated by the whole structure of it and the, the rhetoric. And I found a lot of my Eastern European friends were very kind of awake because they were like, okay, we lived under communism. But essentially yeah. it takes away from what we talked about earlier about the individual moral compass. You, when you, you're either an individual or you're part of this collective. I mean, essentially all of us are a bit of both, like you're part of a collective and you're an individual, but the collectivist yeah. morality is dangerous and that's where society is heading. And it's, it's a kind of, it's a throwback to communism, but I, but what I started to realize was that it was it's not new. It's actually like thousands of years old. It goes all the way back. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> where are you on the origins of the Ashkenazim? Because uh, let, me, let me float a theory past you. You know, I don't know enough about this yet. But yeah. am I right in thinking that the Ashkenazim? are essentially the descendants of um, 9th, 10th century Khazaria, when the, the kingdom, or whatever it was, the Khanate of Khazaria, converted en masse to Judaism. Judaism. They were given a choice. That, there is, there yeah. is that, and but they, then they there's also that they share the same DNA with the Kohanim, which go back into ancient Israel. So I think it's a mixture of things. I think, I think um, what I do know is that all Ashkenazis are descended from four four women. It, so, so at, at some point, a tribe came into Germany in Alsace and sort of like southern France, and then uh, then they had a lot of children. <laughs> and well, the, and this, it was like a genetic bottleneck. So, you tend to find that also they carry a lot of. I mean, I'm Ashkenaz, and my son is disabled, and a lot of the, the Ashkenazi Jewish women have tremendous problems with that, but because it was a quite a, quite a tight bottleneck. I, and I'm, I, I would think it was a couple of thousand years ago. Um, but I would say that there is a, there is a relationship between the, the people that left Israel and wandered. There's also the trade route, so that's another thing. 
coming out of of, of um, Iraq and Syria and going into sort of North Africa, Italy, Spain. A lot of Jews were trading along there. Um, so I don't think that the the because I think the Khazarian thing probably happened, but I think there's other other routes in if you know what I mean. But, <laughs> but what I do find the, interesting is, is not the the ethnic identity of the Jew. It's that that when they reject the Judaism, yeah. they go towards this ex- another extreme, which is the complete antithesis. It's like the 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 opposite of 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 their faith. It's yeah, yeah. It is. It is curious. Thing. I was. I was. Is there a kind of um, a snobbery among? Do the Mizrahim um, feel more properly Jewish than the Ashkenazi yeah. because because they're more religious? No, they're not. It's not about being more religious. They just think that they're from the Middle East, so they they say, "Oh, those are a bunch of communists." Those guys. <laughs> Right, 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 right. But but, you know, but, they call them the but, sick naj. Sick naj is like, you know, a bit, they believe the they're what? lesser. And also the Ashkenaz believe the Mizrahi a bit less. Like they're not, it's very odd to have a mixed marriage. Like my, my parents are, are both artists and they, they love each other. are very, very happy. But it's not so common to yeah. have an Ashkenaz and a Mizrahi marry. But maybe in the modern age right. it is. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. And what about Sephardic Jews? Are they different? I don't know too much. They're from Spain. I know that. Uh, they were yeah. mercantile traders. Um, I, I can't say because I don't know too much. Of, I can only talk about you know what I know. But I, I would think that, yeah, most of them are not like the Ashkenazi. More Sephardis are more like the Mizrahis. So, sort of. Not, and not is so... there a... Is there a physical difference i mean if if you met somebody said right i'm jewish could you Mm. work out whether they were ashkenazi or um mizrahi yeah pretty much straight away yeah (laughs) Uh, so so, so, what's the what what are the what are are the tells Uh, do you know what it's so so, i mean yesterday i was at a jewish women's convention for jewish women with children with disabilities and it was just like being in a room with your family even though I don't get on with them I was just like it's just like you look at the facial features the way they make expressions um the way they laugh everything it you know if you put a bunch of Italians in a room together they're gonna know it's just kind of obvious to you but the Mizrakis, yeah it it feels slightly different feels more like uh, Arabs or Levantine people you know like right Egypt Um, Egyptians they often throw me off, actually. If I meet Cypriots and Egyptians and people like that, then I get confused. Because they're and more difficult to tell apart, I would say. Miriam is one of my, is one of my, my favourite names. I've got, I, there was, there was a, my boss, when I, when I was a mainstream media um, journalist, um, I worked under somebody called Miriam Gross. Um, and I love I loved Miriam. Well, she's she's still she's still with us. Um, and and it's, it it is one of my favourite names. Is that is that characteristic of Ashkenazim or Mizrahi, or is it just a general kind of? What Miriam or Miriam is a biblical name, so Miriam, yeah. it's going to be it's like the yeah, sister yeah. of Moses. Yeah, we tend to have biblical names. Um, I, I guess I'm named after my grandmother, who's I've Miriam. got one too. <laughs> you do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, but uh, but I'm 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 new to. I don't think there were any Jameses in the Old Testament, were there? 
I don't think so. I've actually got it here, the Old Testament and the New Testament next to me, so I was going to check that. I can check that for you, but I don't think so. But then... Oh! Do you know one thing I really envy you? I mean, presumably you speak Hebrew and can read ancient Hebrew. I can read ancient Hebrew. Hebrew, yeah. But my understanding is not great. I have to read the translation into English to, to really... I, I'm kind of... Yeah, but you... But I can read it, yeah. Pretty at least good. you've got a bit. Yeah, because yeah. because you know I'm re- I'm really into I'm really into the Psalms, and yes. I, I I I obviously I read them in translation. I would just love to because I I bet there's an extra dimension that you get when you read you, because the, the 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 translations are not quite quite perfect, are they? In terms no, into not English. not quite. But what I find interesting is the kind of um, the rituals as well and everything with it it's like a it's not just the 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 words it's like kind of there's actions that you have to do and it's it's very ingrained in you as a child if you're doing it all the time you know yeah i think i became less religious when i went to art school because i kind of got sucked into all of that um yeah and it's all it's, again it's about destroying something of your identity i think very interesting what what brought you back to 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 religion my son um i have two sons and um my oldest son has a mitochondrial disease which is really awful <laughs> and it's inherited from my mother and the ashkenazi side and i was just kind of living with it this was before the lockdown i sort of was living with um, this knowledge that, you know, my child wasn't maybe going to live into adult life or walk or speak or any of those things. Um, he, it, it, thank God now he can actually walk and he's doing very, very well. And he communicates to us through a computer. He's very clever. Um, but yeah, that, that I think that uncertainty in dealing with that and sort of finding a bit of faith really to deal with the situation and give him a good happy life and live in the here and now um yeah change my perspective on things and um then the lockdown came and I just felt like everyone was going one way and I was going the other you know that I wasn't going to go down that path because if you go down that path you know if I lock anyone they I remember someone from the NHS calling me saying lock your son indoors for you know two years yeah and don't let him go around the park. And I just said, you'll kill him. That will kill him. You know, you're insane. And yeah. they were like, you're insane. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, you can't lock anyone into us for any reason. Like, it, it'll make you weaker, right? So I very yeah, quickly exactly. went, I said to my husband, this is not, this is completely irrational. Um, so I took him out every day, rolled him around in the mud, got him out trying to get him to walk. He eventually learned to walk. Uh, that was also a very religious experience because he was four. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very moved by that. And at the same time, I was, I was illustrating this book and, you know, coming home, looking after the kids, coming back, illustrating, looking after... And just watching everybody around me descend into fear of what they couldn't, they couldn't control and, and deceiving themselves into thinking they were controlling something, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally with you. I, I think that that the, the, the lockdown, uh, as so much of the last three years, uh, everything that they were telling us was the opposite of what of what is true. So they, they were selling, they were 
telling us that um, they were doing this for our health and safety, and actually they were killing us. I mean, <laughs> m- my dad, m- m- just before lockdown, my dad had um, some operations on his heart, and he got given this leaflet saying, saying um, after your operation, you must, you must go walking regularly and, and, and take lots of exercise and, and, and stuff. And then suddenly... He was told by the authorities, you can't walk anywhere. And they were closing. He lives, he lives in Malvern. And the, the, Malvern, the Malvern Hills conservatives, who were incredibly woke, I mean, you know, hideously green and stuff, um, <laughs> they closed the car parks. They closed the car parks in case anyone was tempted to go for a walk on the Malvern Hills. And my dad became really militant he got he became really aggressively red-pilled in response to this and, and would insist on having his walk and i'm sure that it's the one the reason the one of the reasons why he's alive today that he ignored ignored everything i remember going just, up i had i had this nissan cube you know with the space on the back for the wheelchair and the two boys at the time my youngest was one years old and a four-year-old who still can't walk or speak and I remember just driving lonely through North London and going to see my parents for Shabbat every Friday. I was like, I'm going to your house. I'm not doing any of this locking myself outside and, you know, yeah, see you in three months, all this. It's all rubbish. This is all rubbish. Like, the reason we have an immune system is because we all mix. Yeah, yeah. And that, that makes us happy. If we're happy, then we, you know. So I insisted on going against everything um, and again, with Sid, I made friends with local mums who were also con- a bit worried about what was going on and, and, and got them all the kids to play together and things. And we'd break into playgrounds. So I had a pair of pliers and I would go around <laughs> chopping off the... You remember they were brought off the playgrounds? <laughs> we <were> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> we were, That's, we live yeah. in central London in a little flat and we'd go around and we'd just take the wire clips of rock, take the uh, hazard tape and then we would write notes saying if you put up hazard tape we will rip it down tomorrow oh brilliant brilliant and, 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 and kids over the gates like i taught them from a very young age how to break into a playground and that's how sid started doing his pull-ups because then he could get up like to to go over he let go of my hand <laughs> and walked independently for the first time and there's this incredible it was like there was about 10 15 kids so in their head, there was no lockdown. They had this family. They had everybody around them. It was incredible. And all the middle-class uh, friends of mine that live in the suburbs, you know, in these big, with their big extensions, you know, all the kids yeah, went yeah. nuts. Of course they They did. actually followed it. So um, yes. it was a very, a very extreme time. <laughs> the, the, this, is, this is the kind of parenting. I, mean, I, I think increasingly we have, as parents, we have a moral duty to teach our children to ignore the authorities, to, to even despise yeah. the authorities. I, I knew this instinctively. I, I used to live near um, Dulwich Park. And whenever I took my children, when they were toddlers, to Dulwich Park, and I saw a sign saying, this, this bridge, this ornamental bridge, has been closed because the surface is slightly slippery and therefore <laughs> we decided for your health and safety you can't... 
I would, I would encourage them. I would take them past the signs and say, look, we're going to walk on this bridge. Or when it said, do not tread on the ice. I mean, I knew, I knew how deep the water was. You know, when the pond froze over, you know, it was like, it was like maybe up just above your ankles. So we went on the ice again. And you'd, you'd see all these, all these passers-by going tut-tutting. I imagine. Did you get anyone tut tutting when you were down, no. when you were cutting through the tape and stuff? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What did they say? I had, a, I had a oh these men coming with black masks on, you know, like, how dare you? Here's a ticket you can take to court, and I would rip it up in front of their face. <laughs> I'm completely yeah. insane. Yeah. I was like, I'm not talking to anyone in a black mask. Who are you, a criminal? You know, I like I was just like, this is just so wrong in so many levels. Your morality is upside down. Like you're, you're making people worse. And I was right. You, you, uh, and Mira, you're hard... making me feel like like a lightweight. Yeah, I was, it was really hardcore. Imagine having a disabled child and a toddler and like and I, I breezed through it. I didn't realize you just have to be as happy as possible, enjoy life as possible, you know, and Sid, Sid did eventually learn to walk. Which, with Lay syndrome, is really not given. It's really not given. Uh, he, uh, he, last couple of weeks ago, he walked around Hampstead Heath. That's three and a half miles. So, and he's going strong. Brilliant. He's six years old. He's incredible. He's like a. He's very beautiful. He's like an angel. An absolutely beautiful boy. But he, I think, if it wasn't for him, I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just, like, taught me something about uncertainty and like feeling that you're in control you know you just have to be as tough as possible it's like what you said and he fell and he fell and he falls a lot but gets up gets up but all this safetyism yeah well exactly <laughs> well, well I, I i think we're on our own aren't we we we, we, we can't trust the authorities to obviously they're not going to save us we can't trust other people generally to save us we, 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 it's up to us to 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 forge our own path yeah, that's what I've done. And I think it's yeah, very yeah. interesting. Like, it, you don't necessarily need to talk about things so much. You just need to do, you know, we, we have allotments here. We, you know, we do gardening, all the kids running around. N n none of them have a television. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But you just start I, to realise I was talking... Yeah, sorry. No, no. I, I, I was talking to somebody who is down the rabbit hole but possibly not as far down the rabbit hole as 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 we are and she was saying to me well okay i was on i was on this kind of action group and that action group and she named some of the ones that i would consider to be actually controlled opposition you know the, the these 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 outfits with profile um i think that they are designed to corral us into into containment pens and and sort of sort of um uh, yeah, to, to to muzzle us slightly, to contain us, and uh, she's saying, "Well, what what can I do?" Then I said, "Well, I think it's a bit like it's a bit like um, Jesus and the disciples. When when Jesus was sp spreading the word, uh, he, you know, his twelve disciples, each of them converted twelve people or or however many, and so it went on. It he didn't say, "I want you to form an action committee, and we're all <laughs> going to be part of this action committee, and it's going to be called." christianity now and 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 it's going to be no that's not how no. it works we we go out into the world and a we do we we, we practice what we preach and b that's we spread the word to, to i i mean 
That's sorry. Well, I you, imagine you're like me. The, the, the actual doing of something is way more important than your, the pontificating or the thinking about it. Because the communism fails yeah. because they just pontificate about this ideal world and then in the meantime everything goes to hell. So yeah. really it's... Uh, what I've learned maybe since coming out of it is... I, I can see things in this way and I understand that a lot of people don't see things in this way but but it's what they do that counts you know if they help me with my son if they if if there's a community that that comes together and and is is living in a in a good way that's more important you know your actions are far more important than what you profess to believe because everyone sees something differently the um, only thing that, that that worries me though is the logic of those people that supported the lockdown because they will do it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, sorry, just uh, I, I'm interrupting our train of thought here because this is a really good conversation. But I see that you are only like ten percent uploaded. Have you got Have you got really shit internet by any chance? Oh, um, or, maybe I can go. It was good yesterday, but it's a bit. Am Am I kind of cutting out a lot? No, it's not that. It's just that I'm thinking there's a. I've had this before where I had a podcast where I um, with a guy in Canada, um, and he was in the backwoods, and his his channel didn't upload, and it was it was a real nuisance, mm. um, and so ten percent uploaded. I see. I'm ninety five percent uploaded, but but. A, should if I change I saw you my going connection up, or something? Um, Does that mean it's not recording I, yet? Or? Well, I think we'll I think we'll have to cut this this bit out because it's boring for people to to. Mm. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to think of a a different strategy, maybe going on to a different. Um, I could use my hotspot on my phone. Sometimes that's more powerful. Yeah, um, we could do that. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking what to do now. Whether I, if, if I put this on, are you doing? Are you doing it on a computer? Yeah. Or on your phone. On the computer. Um. Mm. Oh, hold on. I could just change to iPhone. Just hold on a sec. See if that speeds mm. things up a bit. No, that didn't work. No, no. I think <laughs> what I might try and do is do it on a different a different thing. We'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll we'll park this 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 part. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it, and we're gonna try a different um a different thing. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna stop it now. Okay. Um, 
I'm really glad that you've made a cup of tea because that's exactly what I would have done. Um, <laughs> and people, who, if this section, oh my God, my hair, oh my God, it's awful the way it sticks up like bloody Tintin. You know, it's really, I'll tell you what, it's really shit being, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's shit being a woman as well, but it's really shit being a man and, and losing your, you know, like your Samson, yeah. the power resides in your hair. What is, the Bible knew, didn't it? Great hairdresser, yeah. It's um, you know. <laughs> anyway, I think, I think that presuming that the, the first half has recorded on a different channel, and presuming that otherwise, people are just going to be saying, "Well, who's James having this random conversation?" Okay, she's called Miriam, um, Miriam Elliot. Oh, by the way, you were going to tell me about your surname. Yeah, well, yeah, that kind of relates to the my my father's community. Yeah. Well, so which is so my father is from Lebanon, but his father is from Syria, uh, from a very, very, very old Jewish community that basically you remember I was saying earlier they they never left from sort of yeah yeah probably four and a half five thousand years more, um, and my surname it it I mean Eliyah is a Syrian Jewish surname, but some Christians have it too. Um, and it's called, it means Yahweh is my God, Eliyah. See, the Y-A-H, yeah. Eliyah. Eliyah. Oh, because I've done a, I've done a podcast with Sonia Elijah, who yeah, presumably, I, that's I that. I noticed that, that. <laughs> that's a similar thing, yeah. But those, those names uh, go back thousands of years. And um, they basically, so when they... So when they rejected Baal, which is what I'm going to come to. Yes, I'm looking forward to this bit. They changed their name to sound like the new god that they were worshipping. So this is, uh, the Abraham Abraham is like the ultimate uh, uh, iconoclast. And he comes from the same place, northern Iraq. So northern Iraq and Syrian uh, is where Judaism sort of starts around the time of the development of the phonetic alphabet, which is really interesting. So they go away from communicating spiritual ideas using pictures and stone to concepts that you could write in a sentence. Um, so when they're destroying the previous religion, they, they have this new God, Yahweh, right? <laughs> and right. When are we talking here? We're talking about four and a half thousand years ago. They inscript their the this new god into their names, into their so that the surnames of these families are about getting away from the old system and uh, into the new, which is really interesting. So yeah, it's all before about, we. What what I'm interested in is the conflict spiritually between Yahweh and Baal. Yes. Yeah. Well, before we and go that, into that, that's something that's been going on for it's it's always been toing and froing for, for forever because it's kind of like a manifestation of the human condition, like between love and fear. Um, yeah. But what I find interesting, yeah. so my 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 name is 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 essentially related to people that that started everything. 
Yeah. 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 Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. But before we go on that, that into that particularly interesting and deep rabbit hole, mm-hmm. have you, have you ever listened to any of, have you, do you know about Cliff High? No. Uh, Cliff High is not of our party. Cliff, I mean, he's he's way down the rabbit hole, but he's in a slight he's in a slightly different. Yeah, um, <laughs> you come out the other Cliff, <laughs> Cliff is Cliff is basically team team um, team alien, and Cliff believes that L yeah. is 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 basically th- th- these are aliens that the, the the things that we think of are the, are the, we, that we rationalised as God or Yahweh or whatever was in fact aliens from another planet and transmitting all this you know and, and they could do amazing things godlike things obviously because they had spaceships and stuff right and i don't buy into this but the, the, there is definitely a strand of, of 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 my audience which which i think subscribes to this this stuff i, I don't know i can't say what I think about what that. you can't say, what well, you can't confirm either way, Miriam. I, I'm <laughs> I can't tell this you has been a bloody waste. I don't think anyone can tell you the whole truth, but you can only ever see things from different mm. perspectives. But then I'm no. not a relativist, so um, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's the only way I, I look at it at the moment. I mean, obviously, I'm always open to new ideas, but the way I look at it is, is through a kind of a, between this projection onto those two deities and, and what kind yeah. of a world that creates. And I found that in the lockdown, all the very religious Jews in Israel were not following the lockdown and were like were having weddings and bar mitzvahs. And do you remember? In Jerusalem, yeah, yeah. they were all partying. <laughs> were they? In Tel Aviv, where they're very anti-religious, you know, they're very anti-Hashem, uh, all of these concepts. They were all locked up in a kind of complete, like, earnestness. That's that's interesting, because I, I know Israel had it hard. It, it's the, the, the Israeli government. Yeah, but what I find interesting what? is that their religi- religiosity. So usually your perception from where you're standing before the lockdown is Tel Aviv is so free. You can be gay. You can be this. You can be that. You can party. You can eat any food in the world. You don't have to be constrained by these uh, archaic laws. And in yeah. Jerusalem, oh, look, look at the women in their long skirts all, you know, just like baby factories, I've heard that one. Uh, (laughs) So that's from where I'm standing. And so then the lockdown happens and it's like the the ones that are supposedly in a prison of religiosity are free. They're enjoying their life. They're not not answering to the government. They said, sorry, you can't lock old people up. Are you crazy? Like God wants us to love everybody and carry on living that's we're, we're supposed to be a life worshipping religion right yeah Not yeah exactly religion and then the, the party capital of tel aviv goes completely like my so that was a very interesting realization and also like having my auntie in jerusalem who's very kind of like uh anti the religious many in many ways she was like, oh, these awful religious people getting on the bus without a mask on. <laughs> Spreading their yeah. everywhere. I was like, wow, this is this is so nuts. Like, 
I made made sure not to tell anybody how I felt about it because I I do under, I'm quite empathetic to people and I I just try and like just take it all on and kind of humor them a bit. But mm. I found that very interesting. So there was this kind of very obvious light and dark that was forming, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, expressive of the dual nature of of, of the universe, the well, of this of the materium, and presumably uh, as above, uh, as below, so above. That, below, that... above yeah. But then so, what... so. Sorry, you asked me the question. You can't. But... No, no, it was, it's it's a, it's a conversation, so you can say whatever you like. Just go with your. So, I very early on in the the lockdown, I felt that it was a spiritual crisis more than anything and and I also felt that I was being asked to break laws that I considered to be very important like seeing my parents you know uh, looking after people in my community looking after my son like as in not locking him up <laughs> you know I, yeah. I thought well two weeks ago if you saw an old lady crossing the road with the shopping if you were a, a good person you would go and help that old lady cross the road with her shopping right now she's a spreader of disease and the best thing you can do is leave her alone, right? So it was almost like the moral world had sort of turned upside down and the collectivist mm -hmm. world is all about, it's not you anymore, it's everybody else. So it's like, oh, I'm doing this to save everybody else. It's like, well, you're destroying everything. You're destroying all the businesses, you're destroying all people's lives, you're destroying children's lives, you're... You're literally like covering your face to me was like a you know because your your face is like a holy thing it's like the thing that makes you you so to to remove it spiritually is like to say I I no longer exist I'm just part of a group and we're trying to control a disease which to me was like you could just throw that's like thinking you can throw uh, throw a stone in a pond and control the ripples <laughs> like you can't right yes so. When I started to think about the moral upside down, I started to think about Judaism because Judaism transmits the moral ideas of Christianity into the whole world, the Ten Commandments. The story of Moses receiving Ten Commandments, going up a mountain and saying to everybody, you're responsible for your own life. <laughs> Comes down and they're all worshipping their old God. And that's when I kind of started to think about the religion that Judaism ended. Because um, obviously when you're in, in Cheda or in Sunday school and they talk about uh, the sacrifice of Isaac and things like that, you don't, there's part of you that goes, what kind of a person would do that? Like, yeah, what yeah. kind of a world would that be normal? Like, that's nuts. You know, of course it's wrong. It's easy to know that that's wrong, but is it, you know? So the more I kind of delved into the religion, the kind of upside down religion that Judaism quite violently ended for good reason, the more I was sort of having lots of uh, understanding about things and a lot of rituals that I grew up doing, not kind of understanding why I was doing them. But by understanding the religion that we ended, I understood that the rituals that we did, like, you know, Jews don't mix meat and milk, there's all this stuff. Yes, that the, that the religion before was doing that. So it's kind of um, you had a lot of Christians going on about you know Satan and the devil and things like that. But I kind of wanted to go a bit deeper, understand well that's your perception of it. What is it? 
you know, does it have a set of rules? Does it have gods? Does it have uh, a, a logic to it? And the more I found out about this ancient religion, which is apparently dead and gone, the more every almost everything, the LGBTQ, the Black Lives Matter, <laughs> the, 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 the whole pantheon of woke, everything, it just sort of went, oh my goodness, this is, this has all been done before. This is not new. Because you like yes. you're living in this crazy world. It's like, well, no, actually, there's a logic to it. And the more I understood about vialism and, uh, and also the fact that the Old Testament, to read it in a way where you're like, oh, actually, all these stories are about the destruction of the previous religion. And the, and the development yeah. of a new god. But the 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 actual understanding of that was was mind blowing. Like I don't think I've ever thought about it like that. To think about the golden calf, um, yeah, I went I went quite deep into it. <laughs> um, so the, yeah. the golden calf, yeah, we we know that that um, Baal and and Moloch that they they're often represented by a bull, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so basically. So the, um, there were three gods. El was the sort of father god. Um, and this is all happening across Mesopotamia, Iraq, Syria, and I think probably as far as North Africa. I think it had a huge following, this religion. Um, and El's kind of like uh, the master god of, of them all. And he has a son called Baal. And Baal is... It, Baal is often re represented with the ho the horns, the horned god, um, and he's the god of like the material, and um, the, he's the weather god. So he's the climate change god. <laughs> I call him. Interesting. He's often Interesting. Holding a a, um, a lightning bolt, and I wanted to know exactly who this god was. So because the first story in in the Old Testament is Abraham destroying his parents' idols you know, smashing up the idol shop. So I wanted to know what the idols represented and what they meant to people, because um, that is quite a story, really. So he's often, so Bell is often pictured holding a thunderbolt. And the first time I saw him was in the British Museum, which is, there's so much in the back room in, in Mesopotamia, northern Iraq on the ground floor. And he's, so there's a god of, I've actually printed him off. This, ah, this is a good one. This is this is Bal. Oops, do you see? With it, with his jolly hat, he's got a sort of jolly, noddy hat. Noddy hat. Yeah, his dad does it. Do you think? Do you think Noddy was a was a Baal worshipper? <laughs> but no, it's interesting. The arms. So it says on the inscription that he gives with one hand and takes with another. So he controls people through abusing them and simultaneously giving to them which made me think automatically of the lockdown. Yes. So you abuse people, you take away their very fundamental rights, their own dignity, and at the same time you put a thousand pounds in their bank account whenever they want it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Baal controlled the weather and everything else, so people really worshipped him. He was like the power deity, and he was married or had a partnership with this woman, Asherah, who, uh, if you see the owl symbolism there, it's quite, quite 
used a lot now, but she was um, essentially like a, a fertility goddess. So uh, she basically, they were really into poly polyamorous sex. <laughs> and people thought that sexual um, inclination would bring you closer to El and Baal. So there was a regular like temple orgies and all this stuff. And I learned a bit about the structure of the society. And what I found really interesting was like, you know, this was recently unveiled in, I don't know if you've seen this. No, what is it? This is, this, so just before the lockdown, like a year before, the, they, they, um, they unveiled the Arch of Baal. This is the Arch of Baal in, in um, Trafalgar Square and also in Times Square in New York. No. Yeah, it was, you can see it. Boris Johnson opens it. And he says in his speech, it's so nice to have a dedication. This has, he goes, this has, has stood through thousands of years. It has withstood the, the, the Muslims and the Christians and, you know, every other, everyone else has tried to bring it down. But this is really a, a, a monument to the God of love. He described it as the God of love. Well, and he's what what is it? Where, where, when was it? When does it date so from? Ball, so do you remember when IS was going through Syria? This was in 2016. Yeah, well, Palmyra and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so they they destroyed this arch. You remember there was an uproar about it. But the Baalist yeah. arch was, a lot of people were like, well, that's where they used to regularly sacrifice children. And um, this is the religion that, that Judaism outlawed, basically. So it's, yeah. it's older than Judaism. It's The arch is covered with, like, motifs of nature. So they were really into nature worship. <laughs> Yeah. Is this all beginning to click? Like like Queen Charles, yeah, yeah. Green. They were very into the greenery, nature worship. They believed, so it was a kind of class-based system in which you had an elite at the top with the power, the money, and the sexual urges that they, they thought brought them closer to a spiritual high. And everyone else was just like a disease to be controlled at the best. And the way they saw the system was like nature is on top and man is beneath so right. Gaia or nature is a force to be worshipped and man is like a, a thing that you just that you know it's productive but needs to be managed it's a collective mush you know your, your, your yeah, life yeah. has no more meaning than this slug you know that's how they saw the world yeah yeah completely is reversed as a man is divine man is you know created uh, last and has um, a responsibility for the world, but is has more um, more um, what right to life? You know, it's your your life is not the same as uh, someone stepping on a slug. Or do you understand that it's not you're, you're not worshiping nature? Well, this is what you're this is what it says in, in in Psalm eight that that God has put all things in subjection under man's feet. Yeah, so, so the reverse. Yeah. This is the reverse. Yeah. This, this system is the complete reverse. Um, and just, just briefly, that, that that arch is that was that arch shipped over from Palmyra and put in Trafalgar Square. Recreated and put. Oh, in, I see. Funny enough, the two world's financial capitals, which I found very odd. And 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 it was so, and, and and Johnson, I can't call him Boris. It's too too matey. He sold this as a kind of a, a love god. <laughs> I suppose he was to a degree. No, it was a very brief comment, but I just went, oh, that's an interesting way of describing it. Um, 
it was an archaeological find from the destruction of ISIS. You understand, like it was sold in that. But there's a spiritual significance to that, like a porthole, you know, like an unleashing. This yeah. is just, just before the lockdown. That's um, extraordinary. It is, isn't it? So the more, yeah. I, the more I saw this, I thought nature worship. Well, there's the green movement. Um, climate change is, is bile. You know, the weather is controlling. Uh, collectivism in itself. The material... You have the, the the golden calf, so that that will bring me on a bit to the story of Moses. But really, also the LGBTQ, so the worshiping of sexuality as a sort of like an uh, like a like an incredible thing to be celebrated. Like that makes you a good person because you're one of these groups of people, and and really it's just your your inclination. You know, it's it, it's not a mitzvah. <laughs> you haven't done anything to be like, wow, you're great. You know, it's like. Uh, people having their sexual identity as as a as a kind of like yeah so i've got more right to speak than you is is that's that's really odd like you're right but it yeah. makes perfect sense within the context with a religious context you you haven't mentioned uh, oh yes carry on with that yeah well that, that she is the sort of uh, the god of, of um, multiple sexualities and um infinite genders this is it the, the reason that the Abrahamic faith kind of ended this was because they realized that the real sanct the, the real thing to be worshipped was the family, you know, the man, the woman, the children. <laughs> that was the continuation yeah. of the people, whereas this was uh, something else entirely. So that that kind of tied that, those ideas together. Um, you, you haven't mentioned the child worship, uh, sorry, the child sacrifice yet, which I know, yeah, I know so Baal that's was. Isaac. That's the story of Isaac. Um, which is obviously in the Bible that Abraham goes to kill him because he believes he should. And then God goes, oh, no, 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 I don't want you to kill your children anymore. So basically, the Bialists regularly killed their children, um, which is quite tragic. But that they believed that doing that rewarded them with uh, money and wealth, and they lived a good life. They, they thought that that sacrifice to the gods was, you know, what you had to do, which kind of really makes me think of uh, women today <laughs> kind of sacrificing the future for their career or their material thing, you know, that, that they're kind of breaking that chain that was, that, that there's, there's something in that. Um, yeah. Last off was this, the, the eye gods. I, I'm, I'm sure your listeners are all familiar with the all-seeing eye. And this is, um, there was something, a place called the Eye Temple in northern Syria, which was a kind of filled with images of the all-seeing eye, which was also popular. It was like the, the symbol of L. But you can still see these oh. today. It's a repetition. But what I found so interesting was the kind of, the parallels became really quite strong <laughs> and also seeing things in advertising and in art and in generally in the media the kind of iconography of it all kind of going oh well that looks like something from four and a half thousand years ago I mean it was yes. a bit of a wow moment when I connected the two oh it's it's everywhere I, I was I was in London the other day um the pub opposite Baker Street Tube and they were adv advertising their new range of beers. And one of them had this single 
eye, this all-seeing eye in its in its iconography. And you're thinking these people are playing with well, I, I playing think with a lot fire. Of it's unconscious. I do think a lot of people just use icons not because they know anything about what they mean. I, I think 99.9% of people don't. They just go, oh well, they're doing it. It's in fashion. I'll do it. Yeah. But it does. Mean okay. Something. And postmodernism was genius in that it deceived everyone into thinking that nothing really means anything and everything's just a big joke. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder who I wonder who invented postmodernism. It's at the same the same portion, presumably. Yeah. That's very interesting. Just one 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 question. So okay, so the Abrahamic religions or the or Yahweh replaced L, L as yeah. the kind of the and god of well. choice but but yeah but given that we know that we live in a a dualistic world and there has always been good and there's always been evil who do you think was the force for good in the era of l and and was l in some way also yahweh or not i think it it, it was it was it was a it wasn't as simplistic as like let's get rid of this guy and replace him it People had their traditions and had their their ideas, but it was about a, like um, this idea that that wasn't the true god. That wasn't that these weather things and these sexual things were not really the thing to be worshipped. Maybe that there was something higher than that. So, and it's yeah. really weird. It comes at the time of the development of the phonetic alphabet, which I find interesting because we're going away from write, reading and writing into um, emotional everything emotional, the, the use of emojis all the time and symbols more than words. We're going back to symbols more than words. Yes. But do you understand that when the alphabet comes and it's like, okay, now we can think conceptually, we don't have to have this bit of stone with a weird owl god or the emotional, it goes away to more moral. The Ten Commandments yes. are moral guidelines to how you live your life. And they're the highest, you know, so if a government comes along and says, oh, ignore them, <laughs> you know that there's something not quite right, you know. Yes. Does that make sense? It makes it, it makes so much sense, Miriam. It, it, that a, I'm, I'm always frightened by how much it makes. It's a, a shift towards the, the the physical and the material and the sexual to the moral and the higher. So it's the and that trajectory. And I think the story of Moses is all about that. And when I understood what Baal with the horns and things. Basically, it was the Jewish people going back to their old, their old god. They didn't just fashion a calf for no reason. They could have. There's many things they could have fashioned. They fashioned a calf. So it's going back to the the emotional, the physical, and material, and the sexual, which are easier. <laughs> Much yes. easier things to worship. And, and superficially more attractive. I mean, you know, we 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 all. Yeah. 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 And the, yeah. the child, the child sacrifice, and the uh, all of that was was part of the development of feeling as if you were, you know, a powerful person. You, know, you could control these things. So if a new religion yes. comes along and says, "No, it's completely insane. Stop doing it," <laughs> you know, that, that I think you've you've helped answer a question, which I think a lot of, particularly the kind of more sort of squidgy christians yeah i mean it's, it's something you hear a lot from christians who, who've been taught about about jesus love and all that and they say 
Oh, I can't, I can't relate to the Old Testament because the God, the God there, he's, he's, he's so wrathful and, 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 and brutal. And you've got the, um, uh, the, for example, that Psalm, um, the, the one about the rivers of Babylon, you know, we sat down, sat down and wept. And there's a scene at the end where, where it says, you know, the joy of bashing the children against the, you know, of destroy, completely wiping out the enemy. Yeah. And, People can't relate to that because they think, well, this is this is horrible. He's 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 killing. You know, this is genocide. But in the context of history, what what this God is doing is saying, I do not want children being sacrificed. I it's just it's it's a deal breaker. Yeah, you, yeah. It I cannot have it. Destructive. It destroyed the entire system. To to you know, the entire form of worship and ritual is all... One of the things I found so interesting was um, Jews never eat meat and milk together. I don't know if you knew that. I do. Well, explain explain so it to me. My whole life, I've never understood why, uh, but my mother has one kitchen for... One sink for meat and one for milk. Yeah. And you can't mix the two. If you're making a dish with meat, you can't add any dairy to it very very strict so why you know why yeah uh, i was reading about what the balists did before their um their poly uh, polyamorous <laughs> sexual uh, orgies for l uh, they would basically get a a, a, a goat uh, that was about to give birth and as the calf was coming out they would kill it and serve the calf in the mother's breast milk okay that was the the, the bestest thing you could have at a, at a barless feet is, is the 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 calf in the in the breast milk of the the dead calf in the breast milk of the dead mother so when, the, so you're saying it's a goat though, not a, not a, it, not a, it's a, it's a, it's a, this isn't a child. So it, it'll be a kid. Yeah. But the, the, the idea that you could never, you, so Kashrut laws are, are coming against all of that. They're saying, no, you cannot, you cannot do that anymore. That's cruel. That's cruel to the, the mother and the child and the symbolism. Yeah. Do you understand? So they reversed it. So you were like, you can't have meat and milk together. You can't, there's certain things you can't do. They, Yes, it started the covering up. At, you know, the end of sex worship. That was really, really important. It was about the about keeping faithful to your husband, your children. All of those things run against the religion before. I mean, the meat milk thing is incredible because I never understood my whole life why. But I think what I'm trying to say is, when you understand something in contrast to something else, then it makes sense. I I totally agree. Um... I do think it's a shame that you're not allowed to eat. You can't eat shellfish, can you? That might have been more to do with uh, being in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> Which was probably just common sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, I, I agree with that. You don't want to, you don't want a dodgy oyster. <laughs> I've had one before and I'm not having it again. But um, <laughs> Oh, there you are. That yeah, was God yeah. punishing you yeah. for <laughs> breaking He's his law. He's definitely got it in for me. Um, no, well, but interesting, like, the, is... like the lightning bolt that you know that you see quite a lot nowadays. People have a lot of lightning bolts and symbols and things like that. In, uh, Bowie as well has that. The the gender yeah the Azov Azov very... brigade does. <laughs> it's 
also very um, uh, linked to that that religion. Um, yes. So yeah. Do you think Do you think Zeus was 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 um was L? There was probably different manifestations of the same idea all the way across the Mediterranean. Definitely. Yeah. Where, where, by the way, where did you discover this stuff about Baal and about the, the religious practice before, before Judaism? During the lockdown, I kind of just had this, I had a friend uh, who was also interested in it. And I was very interested in, stepping back and looking at this new system where the morals were upside down. Mm. And I I was thinking, where do my morals come from? Okay, so they come from faith. Okay, so what's my faith? Okay, it's this. And what's the Christian faith? Okay, it's this. Yeah, that makes sense. They connect. But what's the opposite of that? (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know. And I saw these sort of childish depictions of Satan and stuff. And I thought, "Mm, that's a bit like Disney-ish even. Um, I want to know what this really is. So, yeah, so I basically looked at the Old Testament in a new way. Um, It was just like a kind of... uh, It's understanding that it's about ending a system. And then yeah. I started to think, well, maybe the, that system hasn't ended. Maybe that system is is in full swing. And it uh, never went away. It never went away. It never went away. Yeah. Um, and now we're actually actively celebrating that system. So- yes. What, uh, what, what I meant was, though, are there, are there any key texts that you recommend to people who want to find more about this? Was there, is there a, a brilliant book? or There, there are quite a few things that I've found and put like uh, put together, but which I can send you sort of articles and things that I've found. And I, I think also looking at things like the Arch of Baal in, um, that I showed you in, um, that was unveiled. It, it, Do you know what? London, that, that you, you, have a kind of, my goodness, you know, and also it, it's just what I wanted to talk about was it conceptually how it fits the whole thing, the, the, the green, the climate change, the LGBTQ, everything. It just kind of, it, it lends itself so perfectly to it. And most importantly, Baal ruled through fear. Endless yeah. fear. You've made me want to go to the Mesopotamian sections oh. of the British. Yeah. Because hitherto I've, I've, I've gone, well, I, I can't, I can't, wh- why should I care about these? But now I understand the significance of it. I'd like to, I'd like to know the enemy actually. Because the enemy is all around us. When people talk about the Babylonian mystery religions, is is this is this what they mean? Yeah, I'm only at the cusp of understanding it all. Like I'm trying my best to sort of um, put it all together, and like I said, just understand things in contrast. Sometimes to see a sort of truth, you have to see something with its opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And then also the number of times I've like hundreds and hundreds of references to Baal and El in the Old Testament about you know defeating the Elijah defeating the prophets of Baal, so they were always up to their old practice. <laughs> this is I I I I read the old well I'm I'm actually still reading the Old Testament um um and um I'm struck by how many times God 
is lamenting the fact or is furious at the fact that the children of Israel are going back to the old gods. They're building groves and they're building Asherah poles and they're, and they're sacrificing, they're, they're putting children in the fire it, it, because they can't resist it. Because like this is a sex and drugs and rock and roll cult and it's much more fun <laughs> than the kind of... Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. It's very seductive. Yeah. Very, very yeah. seductive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to sacrifice their children to, to, to bar? I mean, it's just party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. The, obviously, what what you're saying, I, I I think it's brilliant what you're saying. I, I I tell you what, you're gonna you're gonna be inundated with people wanting to, wanting to get you to do this, to say this stuff on their pods. I mean, you're a, you're a great discovery. Um, I think it's, the, it's just an insight, you know, and I'm not I'm not claiming to be some expert. I, I'm just trying to, it was a very deep insight into it, and I find it very interesting. And anyone I speak to about it goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't make that connection. It's 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 a brilliant insight. I'm 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 so impressed um, and, and fascinated. Um, so uh, what was I going to ask you? Um, the, oh, Go for it. It's gone. It's gone. No, um, it was something about horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So obviously, most of this stuff is most people have not even considered this, and because most people don't really have a a a, a religious. We, we've framework. we've been encouraged to become yeah framework there, but be encouraged to become secular and stuff. But I would imagine that the elites, the people who really run the world. The predator class, I call them, are fully aware of this stuff, fully aware of the connections, and always have been because because they've continued the traditions, the mystery traditions since that era. Well, one of my thinking is, is so when the Black Lives Matter thing happens, I sort of was very like it all kind of happened with the lockdown. It was all it all felt like one thing melted into each other, and uh, yeah, again it was collectivism. So it was going. Um, Kind of nitpicking at the past in order to influence how people felt and divide the population, which I thought was divide and control, wasn't it? And a lot of people yes. know who are, you know, called people of color were feeling the same as well that this is this is very very unusual. Um, and I think also within Judaism there is that as well that the the collective identity of suffering overtakes the kind of individual sovereignty of the here and now particularly with the holocaust but um yes which i'm not going to deny happened of course it happened most of my friends lost everyone in their family <laughs> growing up including a lot of my family um but what i found really interesting was that uh when you're a young jewish person and you say why um why 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 have we been through so much suffering? Like, why have we been thrown out of every country and gone for the next country and the next country? This didn't happen to the Mizrahis. It happens to Ashkenaz. And you're always told, oh, it's because they they sent out these reports saying that they were worshipping a horned god and uh, sacrificing children and all this stuff. You know, the blood libels. The blood libels were awful and they spread around uh, western europe and that was why the pogroms happened yeah you know we will take your christian child and kill it for blood all this stuff which yeah. when you're a young jew you're like my god that's appalling who would do that that's horrific like 
this is the the antithesis of anything a Jewish person would do. Like this is awful. Um, and then I suddenly had another kind of like, oh, but that's what someone that was practicing Baalism would do. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Well, the, like, look. You know, that, put that it this way. Like, oh my god. Um, which I think for a lot of Jewish friends was too far to go with them. But I, I thought that's very interesting that, that the exact thing that we were persecuted for and kicked from one country to the next is like, and then I started to think it's like, you know, when you accuse someone of something that you're doing yourself. And who are we most yeah. hated by? I always thought to me, who are Jewish people most hated by? Is it this the the idea that I'm sold now that suddenly someone irrationally hates me because of my race. This is the racist sort of secular modern argument. And I'm thinking, well, actually, possibly the person that most, most hates me is the person that I've destroyed their religion. If you see what I mean. <laughs> like, if your religion is about the complete annihilation of of the religion before in every conceivable way then would you not make some enemies? oh yeah well hey you listen you're on from that if you made a whole liturgy of books the old testament exodus all of this and it's all about the destruction of the previous faith and in every story in it is like a parable as to why the previous yeah. faith is wrong do not do yeah. this would you not make a few enemies yeah particularly people that were benefiting from it or like that was just a big kind of like connection moment for me like well that that why i i just didn't stop swallowing i mean the racial theory is like that's one that hitler used but that's a very superficial it's like hey here's the science you know mm. <laughs> <them> in Auschwitz. <laughs> do you see the way i was I... thinking about it I listen. I I I totally see where you're going with this, and I don't. I I don't think I need to make it any more explicit than you you have. Uh, those with eyes to see will see it. But but it's certainly the case that if throughout the course of the the Torah is is is, is what you call it, isn't it? Yeah. Throughout, like yeah, you have all the founding stories are all about the the new faith and the development. Yeah. So. Throughout throughout the Torah, which 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 presumably is a period of of thousands of years, I mean, yeah. it must be at least two or three thousand years. It's not an overnight revelation. It's like a no. long. But, yeah. Again and again and again and again and again and again, the children of Israel are turning to the old religion because for for for, for the evil religion for reasons we've, we've established, and yet we're suddenly asked to believe that somehow. Uh, in recent years, they completely cleaned up their act, and they didn't go back to the old <laughs> religion because, 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 hey, we live we live in post religious times, and we're all we're all you know rational humanists. Talking about that the other yeah. day with a, about post truth, that, that word is like, well, that's just lying, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is. Like, okay, you have to use the word truth. You're acknowledging that truth existed at some point, and then you went against so, it. So this has already been like just about the most interesting podcast I've ever done, but no. there's more, isn't there? No, no. Well, okay. Well, it's, 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 it's up there. 
But you told me children of Israel. I think that these gods and these this mindset exists in every single person in the world. Like I think it's a it's a choice that each one of us has to make. I think. Oh, for sure. The Jews will go with whatever's going on, you know, at the time. Well, also, Miriam. By the way, I, 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 um, you think about how long ago the children of Israel were. I think it's highly likely that a lot of us were descended on uh, from the children of Israel, whether Jewish or you know, notionally Jewish or not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty it's sure metaphor. that you know, it's metaphor. Sorry? It's all metaphor. Yeah. It's... Um. But what I wanted to ask you was the other really interesting thing you told me. It was you, wasn't it? It wasn't one of the other girls about the great, all those 19th century, uh, uh, sorry, why Napoleon went into Egypt and why, um, why this, those, those great sort of Victorian collectors, um, you know, the, the Germans and the, and the English ones went to pillage, if you like, the ancient, ancient architectural sites and trying to get certain artifacts that was you wasn't it it was i think that's really interesting but would it be to accrue all these um idols yeah (laughs) it wasn't actually me that said that but i would say that i would make that connection why were they well well so (laughs) you know how uh, i'm I'm sure it wasn't you said this because i I was i was hoping you were going to elaborate on this theory but we'll, we'll, we'll run with it briefly you know how the entertainment industry gives us these these truths um, about the true nature of the world, um, whether you want to call it predictive programming or revelation of, of, of the method. And often they do it through really quite popular film. I mean, for example, The Hunger Games was was setting out what's in store for us, you know, living in, in districts connected by, you know, where we're all treated by by like serfs by by the capital and they're all decadent and so the hunger games was written by a woman who i think was grew up in norfolk virginia which is the the epicenter of kind of the deep state and the the military industrial complex so she knew whereof she wrote um but indiana jones what what's indiana jones doing he's he's going to all these ancient sites in the same way that the Nazis did, of course. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's it's perfectly true, as 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 the the films those films suggest that the Nazis were sending their collectors out to collect these occult symbols, they maybe something to them, yeah. yeah. Because the stuff is real. It's not. It's not. We've been encouraged to think that religion is a kind of oh, we've all we've all grown out of it. That yeah. It oh yeah. Really... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have. But I think the the realization I had was that the secular world isn't as secular as one might think it is. Well, all these things, look, if these things didn't mean anything, if they didn't have power, why would we live in a world run by people who are obsessed with signs and symbols? You you, you think about the dollar bill. We're run by people. It's that we are. This is where I disagree. I think it's it's it, us going back to our own kind of. We copy each other, you know. We copy each other. If if everybody puts the mask on, I put the mask on. Suddenly, everyone looks like an armed robber. That's fine. Everyone else is doing it. So, like I said earlier, like if a company puts these kind of you now, you go on Facebook, everyone's going like, yeah, yeah, this all the time. My whole life, I've seen this. This is the Moloch horns. Is, oh yes, tell me about Moloch. Is is he different from Baal? 
No, it's all the same deity, but it's like a rotating series of names for the same deity. So this is what I've discovered. It's like um, you would have, like in the Hebrew Bible, Yahweh has different names as well, which, you know, Hashem. There's others that you can't say that are too holy, but there is there is different ways of communicating the same um, paradigm. And in the Kabbalah, Why does it have different like names? the tree of life and the tree of death. So the tree of life is, is the tree of Abraham. So the tree of family, <laughs> children, right. continuation. Tree of death is, yeah. is 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 the is Lilith and um, all of these uh, kind of uh, archaic old gods that control through fear and death and celebrates that will be worship. this is really interesting. One is suppressing the sexual and one is like elevating the sexual. Because all I knew when I was born was like, oh, in the 1960s, there was this sexual revolution and now everyone's free. Yeah. <laughs> and before they weren't free. And it's like, okay. Okay. The, the the sexual revolution was definitely part of the style. But we're, we're going back here to the yeah. to the culture of Marxism, Marxist, the, the, the Frankfurt School. I mean, they... Well, this is really interesting that Karl Marx himself studied the occult. He was very interested in this. So he was interested was in he? ancient religion of thousands of years ago. Yeah, he dabbled in it. Yeah. So those kind of ideas would have. That's why I wanted to know more about it, because I, I believe that there is a spiritual side to the secular, like that the secular isn't as secular as you think it is. Because all of yes. the hand washing and the lockdown and it, it was all, you know, you remember the anti-back and the mark. It was all ritualistic. It seemed to me very, very early on, like religious behavior. As someone that was um, raised in a religion, you always had to cover your hair and wash your hands you know, before you go into <laughs> the temple. You, you always have to cover yourself, wash your hands. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this, is, a, this is a religion. Yes. type of one. Um, it would be interesting if you, you discovered that Baal worshippers wore face nappies, did they? <laughs> I, maybe. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. They so, saw the world in a very similar way. In a very similar way to how we perceive things now. The climate disaster. All of this. Well, that's, you see, this is what, look, I, I know you, th you, you, your line is, you, you're obviously not quite as out there as I am, although you're pretty out there, I have to say, Miriam. So okay. your line is that this, this, these, are, these are merely human Im impulses and that nobody's really orchestrating this thing. I, well, I, 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 I hope. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that, for example, can I tell you something when... really funny? <laughs> yeah, go on, tell me. Um, so after We Do Lockdown came out and um, I came back to my studio and I was contacted by Marina Abramovich, who's... You weren't? Yeah, and she writes, her husband writes to me and says she's, she's a huge fan of your work. She thinks it's hilarious and uh, she particularly liked the lockdown book. Would you like to come and meet us? So I, I went to meet her on my bicycle, you know, just going up to Mayfair. And and we, we, we sat there for maybe like an hour and she was like, oh, I've got this show coming up at the Royal Academy and I really want you to make a book about whatever you want to make a book, you know, like 
about me maybe maybe whatever you want to do you know and um uh and i obviously for two years i've been kind of looking into all the esoteric symbolism <laughs> i thought of all the people in the world to contact me i'm not a very well known person like people like my work but you know this person to contact me to ask me to make work about them that's really special um and she said to me it's crazy she said everyone thinks i'm a satanist <laughs> yeah why, why could that be i put my tea down i went i, I wonder why they could think that <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> some nutcases out whoa so that's where i am so then i I messaged her and said, like, I've got to do, I had a show in Poland, so I had to do that. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, I found this, I found like an answer to her. She's very sick at the moment, apparently, but, um, I, I'm now kind of like, do I, how do I approach this, you know, or do I, I don't know, I don't know. I. I had I have an answer to it. They're very funny. Like everything I do comes out as comedy or satire or something. It just does, but it's um it's about, mock, it's about mocking the the that in a way. You've, you you you've kind of got thing a, to happen. What a bizarre thing to happen. That is that is about as bizarre as it gets. Um I think it's one of those questions where you really have to ask God, don't you? Yeah, I think God has made this happen well exactly he's got a sense of humor hasn't he he really has <laughs> yeah he that dwelleth in heaven shall laugh them to scorn the, the lord shall have them in derision yeah but then um, I, I wrote something while i was uh in the, the seaside it just sort of came to me and uh I sent it to my friend Arthur, who wrote Father Ted. He's a very, very brilliant comedy writer. Arthur Matthews. Yeah, and he thought it was really, really funny. My answer was to... She's had three abortions, Marina Abramovic, so she um, she said that to to have children is a disaster for your, your career, you know? And in a way, she's kind of right, you know, like, it's hard to be a mum and to work. I, I'm a mum and it's hard. Yeah, you can't serve the beast system and... <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> it's tiring. It's a, a full-time job serving the beast, serving, serving the, 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 the bull. But you can mock it from the outside, right? Um, so yeah. I, I, I thought to cast her as... Um, like a, a one because she's she's from the the Yugoslavian um, you know communist era, and her she's a bit like a weird like fairy tale witch character kind of I don't know like something out of Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, I've written her life as if she had seven children and lived in the woods. <laughs> like, Have you done that? Yeah, you wow. know, like I've written a fairy tale about her life and uh, that she's secretly a, a contentious conceptual artist, you know, that, that wants a solo show at the Royal Academy of Yugoslavia, but but she's a, a really devoted mother to her seven children. <laughs> That's just great. 
I think I I think she'd probably like it. Allow me to do it, to be honest. Like, it's well, like you. But she'll think. I think she'll find it funny. She obviously. Yeah, of course she will. Also, Miriam, you have got the artists can get away with murder. You know that, just because you're because we can. You you really can. I mean, I've never murdered anyone, but no. But it's it's it's. It's something I've noticed in that I've got a quite quite a few friends who are either very successful or quite successful artists, and the thing I've noticed about them is this: it's a kind of supreme selfishness in 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 a way in in that the, the artistic uh, the, the point they're making their their expression of their artistry takes precedence over everything else yeah. and you, you can't argue with it because it is it is their art their feelings yeah <laughs> it, it's 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 how it works and and and, and otherwise they, and i respect that because it means that they keep a sort of purity of, of vision so i think that you have that fantastic get out of jail free look I, i'm i'm an artist this is what my muse was telling me to do sorry <laughs> marina Sorry that I've given you seven children. I know you don't really like them, but there it is. You know, gets up, chops the firewood, changes the nappies. It's great. It's great. Like your um, other life, you know, your other life that you never had. Because you, um, yeah, it was very. I had lots of ideas about that because she she always says her work is about taking the limits of pain and suffering of the human being to an extreme. You know, how far can I date this? And I thought, well, the one thing that you've never done is given birth, and that's really yeah. taking it to the extreme of pain and human suffering. You know, and I'm I've done that, and I'm still laughing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there were lots of things I thought it was very very funny when I wrote it. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't know how it will be received. I don't know if it will, well, I don't know. But it's just I'd, I'd love to mission, isn't it, to do something like that? Like I think it's brilliant. I think it's it's very amusing. It's very peaceful. Um, uh, now, before we go, um, how do you think all this ends? Do you, do you think do you think God's got this? And and, and he, uh, do you think we are approaching sort of judgment day or or or, or what in, in your eschatology? How does it? That I don't know. But one thing I would say is that if you sacrifice your children and put yourself first and kind of go against nature so much, you'll die out (laughs) by your own accord. Yeah. You know, like you, that's when they go on about sustainability, it's probably because they are unsustainable. Sustainability, I often think about that. That's a word about continuation, like about being sustainable is, is being able to go into the future. If you're not having any children, then then your, your nihilism will effectively delete you anyway. It's just we just have to make sure that we don't all get dragged down with them. Yes, amen. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really a battle that you have to fight. The only thing you have to do is sustain life and enjoy life and continuation. But uh, but as for anyone that's chosen that path, it's like 
what are you going to do? Sit around with your... That's why I thought it was so funny to set her with seven kids, you know, 14 grandkids. Because, <laughs> like, the wisdom of... You haven't got any. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I want to I read this book. Have you, have, you, have you illustrated it yet? No, I, I'm just looking at keeping it in line with everything else. And I was looking at um, kind of like Snow White, you know, kind of like a like a fairy tale a bit yeah, yeah of course. fairy tale i think because she she sort of reminds me of of something from one of those books you know and it turns out her favorite thing is hans christian anderson so it, yeah there's so Indeed many probably. things that that it fits if it, if it's like you you kind of i get this idea and i'm like ah eureka <laughs> yeah no, i i i think it's i think it's really good um um, Miriam, um, Does that where mean, can uh, sorry about the, that the was just, that was just awesome. Sorry, I'm just thinking. Um, well, I'm sort of thinking it's lunchtime, um, yeah. and you've probably got stuff to do. Um, and my hair is, needs to grow some more. Right. I don't know what, yeah. Um, what, <laughs> uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, it's uh, dungbeetlebooks.com. So, um, dung beetle was because when I made we go to the gallery i was being sued by penguin and they said we're not allowed to use this this ladybird anymore <laughs> so i used a dung beetle because it was like you know from from shit comes learning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the motto there's a reference that's... to all seeing eye on the front cover so that was the we see that we see the sites as full of of things about what we've been talking about, basically. Oh, colonization of the I... British Museum. It's it's entirely empty. <laughs> Can we go and ask, see something else, us, Jane? <laughs> I I really like. It's, I, I I'm looking forward to to reading that one. I haven't looked at that one yet. We see the sites, yeah. With the, a lot of woke people like buying my work and think it's very funny. So, you know, you're you're right. When you're an artist, you can get away with a lot. Like, <laughs> you can, you can. Oh. It's a bit like the jester in the medieval courts. You know that, that it was allowed to say the unsaid. That's my that's my life. Yeah. yeah, that's your well. Well, good on you. Um, so um. Yeah. Anything, anything else? Um, web. Uh, well, you've got your website. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Really? If you do a link to it, then then maybe people could. Yeah, I'll 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 get my my people. And my people. Um, I will let you know about the Marina book if I do that. Yeah, I'd love to know. I think people would, <laughs> would love to know how that resolves itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. I think it's good to have an in with with the other side just in case it all goes tits up and we are we are herded into you know death camps again and they just want to sacrifice us all to their to, to Baal um <laughs> but, but you oh, might right. you might at least get a special a special kind of you know you might be put in the in the the artists the, you know it's a bit like um the 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 pianists in, in in those Holocaust movies that get you know <laughs> they survive because they got a sense I don't know about it yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, but she told uh, she told me quite a lot when I met her about all of that and from her perspective and it was very yeah very interesting like 
like how can you use so much symbolism and not think that that might affect people like how it's very odd the whole thing you know well well yeah this is a whole other conversation the degree to which these people know what they're doing and that i don't know no we, we we can't get inside their heads that's the thing all i can do is like uh humor the what they produce and uh the world they the things that they're doing you know it's almost like she she's asking me to hold a mirror up to her like she's she's asking me to do that she is she totally is yeah 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 and maybe you'll get further commissions you might get commissioned by by bill gates um <laughs> by who else might you get i mean yeah it, it could be your you, know, you, you could be <laughs> who sorry i don't know if i could do that these people are so fucking evil <laughs> well the, no because the, the the big one the boss would be hillary clinton i'd say if you get 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 hillary he scares me very scary what what lovely hillary Lovely, she's, lovely she's, little Hillary. Yeah, no. lovely Hillary. Okay, um, lovely uh, James. Miriam, I, 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 I was really looking forward to this, and and my anticipation has been entirely justified. Um, it really, really was fun. Um, everyone, if you love this podcast, and of course you do, um, don't forget I'm on Patreon, Subscribestar, Locals, um, Substack. Um, and you can buy me a coffee. I like I like being bought coffees. Lots of people like to do that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Miriam. Um, I'll, I'll I'll buy you one um, one day. Um, the, no, it's 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 really good. I, I God, somebody. I get these weird people who say things like, "Are you doing this because you want to help help the world, or are you doing it because you want to make a living?" And I'm thinking, well, well, both. both. One doesn't include the other. I want to save the world, but I want to I, I want to have a, a reasonable standard of living so I can enjoy the world before it before we all die before before <laughs> the horror. That seems a reasonable. That's true. I'm not being greedy, am I? No. 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 Exactly. Got, like I do my books. I'm completely independent. Like publish them, print them. That's right. You and I are blessed in that we are both outside the beast system because it's entirely voluntary whether people support us or not. You can see this. People can watch the stuff for free. But if you want to do your bit for, well, for fighting the beast system, you've got to support people like us. Got to do. I, I think this is the way forward. Like that, the, there is an independent life that is possible. So you have to, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, Miriam, I really hope I see you again. Um, uh, you know, like either outside a pub or we yeah. have coffee. You won't be able to have milk. You won't be able to have a flat white oh, if you've just had milk. a beef burger. Not if I you had, had a burger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I won't. How long? What, what's the gap? I think it's about uh, twenty-five minutes, half an hour. Oh, that's oh, that's all right. Yeah, but that's a that's bit all right. Awkward. You can't have a beef burger and just sit there for half an hour and be like. Do you know that I, I was thinking about the problem actually? When you make shepherd's pie, you can't you can't put a bit of butter on top to give it a nice crispy. It's not great. You can't do that. You no. can't. <laughs> you can't. 
you can't fry your well, you wouldn't fry your bacon in 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 butter just, because you, you know, wouldn't. My mum is a lot more observant than me, so she would probably take that more seriously. But I don't. Oh, I haven't asked you. Just very sorry before we go. Um, wigs. Who are the ones who wear the wigs? The Hasids. the Charedim. Uh, they are. I saw quite a lot of them yesterday, actually. So I've heard two reasons why they do that. And I'm not sure which one I believe. Well, go on, give me them. One of them is quite insane, but there used to be a lot of like uh, like pogroms in Eastern Europe. So people would just come in and just kill a load of Jewish people living in a like town. And they didn't want them to rape the women, so they would shave... So by by having a wig, you could just kind of throw it off and become less attractive. Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously a woman without hair isn't as attractive. Yeah. That was the one. Then there is a whole thing about covering your hair, which is kind of in all faiths, um, particularly in the temple, and that it just got taken a bit further of just like literally getting rid of your hair and having a fake right. one. That doesn't make sense to me because why would you just replace it with more hair? I don't know. I think the the first one might tragically be true because you you don't get that in um, Mizrahi or Sephardi populations, but you do in Ashkenaz. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're yeah. the ones that have been through quite a lot of, uh, let's say, ancestral trauma. Um, so it could you, be you are a mine of information. Um, don't take my word for it, but those are the two reasons that I've been told. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And that yeah, kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I think totally. my, my great grandmother had, had it. What, a wig? Yeah. But obviously, uh, I was I grew up with a feminist mother, so. Oh, go on, show me, your, show me your nose. Show me your nose. Again, in profile. It's actually that quite is a, that, I like your nose a lot. What, what kind of nose it's is that? Nice. Is that a. It's, is that is that Mizrahi or is that Ashkenazi? It's, uh, I can't tell. It doesn't. There's no like a borderline on my face. <laughs> it's probably. I think she's probably more my dad's. My dad's got this nose. So that so it's Mizrahi. Yeah, my mum's got more of a. Yeah. Beard. There my you are. But we have this kind of weird like squidgy bit here, and then like a thing. It was difficult growing up with it because, you know, in Northern Europe, people have the little Disney nose. <laughs> oh, what, the, the, the little bobbly, bobbly sort of uh, ski slip nose? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, but yeah. okay. I don't care. Anymore. Hey, what, what, what's, what's my nose? Hang on, what's mine? Yours is quite, is that quite, it's, it's British really, isn't it? It's quite similar, yeah, I don't... like from the side, you've got a bridge like mine. It's quite, I'd say it's quite, it's quite, uh, I don't know. Well, you've got the yeah. same bridge here. I have, yeah, yeah. I have. It could be like Irish or something. Does your dad Who have knows? it or your mum? I'm not sure. I think my dad's, so I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to look at the picture while it's, uh, <laughs> of course, I, I realise it's not possible. It's like trying to look at the back of your head. Well, um, my children are uh, like really—they look so different. They, my my youngest son looks kind of like like Middle Eastern. He's like very very dark, 
And my oldest mm. one is like looks English, completely English. It's very strange. It's it's weird, isn't it? All <laughs> all our different. Although we should never take one of those those genetic test things one, because did you? I did it before. So they've I got your... going on in the world. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, it's. It, I mean, they've got us over a barrel, haven't they? It's a bit like Facebook. How how we started that thinking? Oh, isn't it great sharing all this information? And then you think they've got you. In the same way, when they've got your genetic code, they can just invent the thing that kills you, oh. or whatever. Sorry, Miriam. Bye. <laughs> you, I didn't know. Took... Two thousand four. Yeah, I know. I didn't know. I didn't see it coming. I mean, I I, I felt you like took... we were a bit off, but I didn't realize how bad it was until twenty twenty. Well, they're one step ahead of us all the time. That's the thing, because they are, because they're Baal worshippers. And <laughs> that's the deal. Um, right. I think we should, I think we should, we should, we should go. Otherwise, because yeah. we'll just keep, we'll just keep rabbiting on. And I, I love it, but. Oh my God, is that the um, time? Jeez. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, oh, no, don't forget. No, it won't get edited. What you've got to do, though, please, yeah. is leave your machine on so that the other bit uploads okay yeah i will I, and it's this. still on it's done, only done 20 percent, so i'll just leave it on. yeah exactly well but at least it's working okay i'm going to end recording end recording <laughs>